want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. Okay, one, now two, we're now we're rolling. No. Now we're rolling. One, Here. Two. No. Oh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh <laughs> sorry, I'm 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 having a technical difficulty. I am Haru. What are you like a a third degree black belt? The blackness of my belt is like the inside of a coffin on a moonless night. <laughs> That's pretty black, man. It is a black art. And I, Haru, am the blackest of the black. <laughs> Especially a great white black art blackest ninja. Let him say it. <laughs> it. It sounds weird when you say it. I can't do it justice. Uh, Chris Farley, we love you. Uh, we miss you. You're a fucking awesome comedian. Well missed among the whole world, really. Who Play loves it. you? Play it. Play it again? Well, the whole thing. The whole thing. I can play the whole thing. I just got to find it. So basically, he's being helped to his hotel room. This is Beverly Hills Ninja. He's being helped to his hotel room by Chris Rock, who you know, just notices that he has some weird like, uh, behavior. Like, he's a ninja. He's like casing the place out behind a curtain. He or, might be the great know, white hope, but he's still a ninja. Does like a backwards somersault, and then he asks, oh, What are you, a spy or something? A spy? A spy is like a gnat compared to a ninja. Ninja? You're a ninja? Get out of here. You're a ninja. Yes, I am a ninja. You know, I took a few karate lessons myself. I mean, I'm not as advanced as you. I'm what you might call a tangerine belt, a orange belt. You know, I'm, I'm one of them citrus colors. You know what I'm saying? Very admirable. Then perhaps you will know what these are. <laughs> 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 Man, that was dope! What are you, like a, a third degree black belt? The blackness of my belt is like the inside of a coffin on a moonless night. <laughs> That's pretty black, man. It is a black art. And I, Haru, am the blackest of the black. Or actually, the great white black art. Blackest master. Hey, man. Okay. So I feel like, yeah, I almost got it right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've seen that movie so many times. It's so good. It always just hits the spot. Dude, I might go home and watch that movie. Oh, it's such a classic. I I remember, like, 
we were we were really good friends with with a kid growing up. Like I, I forget his name, but um, it was uh, and I I I kind of remember his name, but I don't want to botch it when the with the mics are. Well, on. but yeah. basically, yeah. Use, we use pseudonyms. He introduced us to this film, and it was like one of the coolest, you know, uh, cats for introducing us to that film because we would get the fucking like most we would get the biggest riot out of those movies man like that was the best and then i got into like black sheep and tommy boy and oh i mean tommy boy was the pinnacle like tommy boy was black sheep was okay but compared to tommy boy no no comparison yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean, both with uh, David Spade, but yeah, but same cast. Yeah, I love it. I love all of those. I mean, I was so bummed when I heard that he had passed because by the time I I got to really appreciate Chris Farley's work and comedy, um, you were already not. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was uh, still too young. Just barely. I mean, I yeah. I came across him like right around. I want to say like 2002. Yeah. So it was just shortly after he had passed away, and I think actually Beverly Hills. This is what makes that kind of movie an iconic uh, flick. Is um that was I think I think his last full production, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it's 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 a tribute to how fucking awesome he was. He had a couple after that, but I mean that was definitely like his last biggest one. Okay, all right. Yeah. So I might not be right on the specifics, but um, that was one of those. And I don't know if it, it must have been a Happy Madison production. I can't remember if it was specifically or not. I should know this, but Chris Rock being a part of it, I wouldn't be surprised. It might even predate Happy Madison. I don't know about that, but it's. Like genuine Chris Farleyness in the movie itself, maybe. Right, but but Happy Madison, uh, you know, literally a a term coined from you know Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, like. So that's true because those had already been out, but yeah, maybe I'm just lumping the two together. Yeah, like a, like yeah, a, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was part of those two. Yeah, because I actually one little interesting, little fun fact is I heard that the the opener for a typical Happy Madison film, where you know it's the the golf ball and it's driven into the screen to make it look like it shattered the screen, and he's like, "Terrific!" Do you remember that? Like, which which came from Billy Madison, yeah, or Happy Happy Gilmore, Gilmore but sorry. but I heard that that just through the grapevine that that uh, is actually. Adam Sandler's dad, who who they at least portrayed in that thing, and I think it's be, it's part of when like he had like passed away, I guess. So it was like a again just talking tribute to you know some of the great influences. I mean, if if things keep going the way they are in this state, I'm going to start driving golf balls towards my neighbor's houses. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not very good at, I, I used to play a little bit, but not, I haven't played in a long time. 
I just barely got back into hockey and I never, even as a hockey player growing up and playing in my adult years, I didn't really play that much golf. Yeah. Well, I mean, driving a ball isn't necessarily golf either. True. So. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> but I guess just to have that general form where you can actually like hit it where you want it to go. That's like, Oh yeah. And you know, I understand why people will drive golf balls through their neighbors' houses <laughs> now. By the way, this podcast does not support anybody throwing, uh, hitting, <laughs> hitting golf balls into their neighbors. But we are brought to you by Titleist. <laughs> Welcome. The best. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus. The folks. best golf balls available. <laughs> So go get them. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, no, I probably should. And stop we're there. not. And also, caveat: we're not brought to you by Titleist. We're not bought, brought to you by anybody. No, nope. technically, not yet. Well, just brought to you by our own opportunities to have some spare time on our hands to try and get a recording in together. I feel like these times. That's up to whether that's up to you people whether or not you're lucky. Oh, that's awfully nice. Yeah. I I think I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers are killing all my lilies. <laughs> oh yeah? Hey yeah. Motherfuckers are gonna kill all my lilies. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> Oh, oh, good times. Um, you can just play that one a couple play, more times. I was over. also thinking of like I don't think we have it as a sound bite, uh, but Bill Hicks being like, I hate this. I, I hate the. I love this whole like. Or don't you hate this whole like obsession with? I'm doing a terrible job replicating it, but this whole obsession we have about life ain't life keen. <laughs> Let's pat ourselves on the back. Fuck you. <laughs> they want to kill each other. I'm filming it, but I love that that bit that he does because it's like this, Doug it's this Stan- shift Doug Stanhope puts it he, he he calls those same people life addicts He's like well I'm not a life addict like you you know like you know put aside one one fashion or another if yeah I'm not a life addict like you mm. and that is real life <laughs> thank you maddie matheson we like you even though you're from canada we like you yeah we'll forgive that yeah Uh. (laughs) (laughs) i actually learned recently not recently recently but like a few years ago that uh that i never knew growing up that i actually have ancestors from canadia Knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah, you're. You're. I can't hide that. You're. You're too thick. I'm like. Oh, uh, he's he's probably got. He's probably got some northern blood in him from somewhere. Well, I definitely have. Whether it's from this side of the pond or not. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I have found throughout my life. So I grew up in the general area between, like, so Ann Arbor, Michigan, where my siblings were born and then we went to cincinnati for years and so that's essentially 
I learned a lot of like my upgrade upbringing was Southern Ohio based, based out of Southern Ohio, which which and, teaches you a, a huge ab- amount about culture. Yeah. <laughs> and well, like it's interesting because it was kind of like this neutral, this neutrality about it, kind of like kind of that in between, like sort of Yankee pseudo American, like sort of vibe. But then you have like a pretty decent dose of like somebody's coming to school with the Confederate flag, either on their rig or wearing it to school. And there, but there's like this whole dynamic soup of diversity at the school itself that no one really like, there would never be like this intense, like them versus them kind of like argument type stuff going on. Whereas, whereas in Vermont, like the biggest thing that I had to deal with was like, you know, my buddy being like, Hey, go out to my van and, uh, drink half the bottle of my, my, Captain Morgan's, you know, like just, you know, while you're in the van, don't sit up because that's when people will see you, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, how colorful our times were in the high school years and the middle school or in some cases elementary school for you folks out there that live on the wild side there. God, I just want to headbutt things for a living. <clears throat> Yeah, how did I get on this topic? So from Ohio... Is there anybody out there that wants to do a headbutt contest? Sorry. Yeah, we were talking earlier about headbutting contests and how polite it is to ask permission or ask if ask for those duels ahead of time before lightning in a bottle type situations. Normally, by the time you ask for it, you don't remember asking for it. and uh, Most people uh, don't know that they're asking for it. Right, yeah. Well, I've won a couple, though. Oh, I bet. Well, <clears throat> it reminds me of, like, so do you have any Irish in you? Uh, Speaking of which? Probably. Yeah. It, I, I've got some sort of Celt in me, and I can't narrow it down. So, yeah, I, I would hmm. guess Scotch-Irish. Yeah, I always thought that my... My, whatever anger side, if it was between Italian or Irish, it was most likely Irish. Uh, well, that's a that's a tough call. The Irish anger. Oh, and the Italian anger. <clears throat> well, in a weird way, my brother is more Italian anger than I am. Like, different breed of anger he has. He'll just, like, fucking hold a grudge like there's no tomorrow. Actually, no, you know what? I take that back. Not a grudge specifically, but like a very like can't really get outside of his own perspective type thing. Like he not a grudge specifically, no. like oh I against no, you. That's a that's a grudge. But yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. just that sort of That's 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 a grudge. Conceptually. No. He'll get locked in. And I will too, I guess. But I feel like my Irish side is like more like out of like fucking a like if you're gonna do that and represent everything that i hate then i'm gonna fucking you know like there's like a, a certain rapture that i get with involved when i'm pissed off at somebody specifically for a reason that i despise I'm like this is why i hate humanity you know and this is why i'm glad that you and i are friends because <laughs> you are 
know, slightly larger than I am. No. And, uh, I, uh, yeah. I can be, it wouldn't be a fun fight. I can be pretty hot headed about stupid stuff, though. I try not to be. It's like, again, it's like part of my DNA in a way. It's kind of weird um, not to blame it on anything or anybody, but well, it's that much harder to stay sane. I mean, we're living in a time and age where people are able to blame their gender on DNA. So, yeah. Uh, or sexual preference. Fuck it. You know, like, it's kind of a, kind of a, you know, all hands up, up in the air type of moment. Mm. Yeah, and nothing against communities that have their own, like, specific, like, subcultural, like, stance that they want to take and find to find an identity and feel loved and feel accepted i mean there that's i think at the root of some of these divides that no doubt so no many doubt. people just want to be accepted yeah you know yeah yeah <clears throat> and i'm, I have nothing I, I'm not here to argue that yeah but i do think that again like the like being raptured in the anger in the in the 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 taking a stance piece of it like that is kind of the 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 boat that floats your boat away from reality sometimes like what did i just say boat that floats boat your boat that floats your boat <clears throat> the float that boats your float no that makes a little <laughs> more sense sorry <laughs> the float that floats your boat Kind of hard to put my finger on, right? I mean, because you think that if you're going to blame it on genetics, then it would be the wind that's in your sails, and you, there's really such an involuntary aspect about it. You know, like handedness. Like if you're, you can't just force somebody to be left-handed in a world where you only know yourself as right-handed. Um, the Japanese did it for multiple generations. They called it, you know, samurai. You know. If you weren't right-handed, you either got executed as a young child or you got put into a slave labor camp. Seriously? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Like, if you didn't have the proper... They used to tie what what they would do. So, if you were, if you were of, you know considered lineal royal blood they would take your hand if you were left handed they would take your right hand or they'd take your left hand they would tie it to your side and you wouldn't be able to use that so you'd have to learn to draw your sword right hand you'd have to learn to Spell your name right hand. You'd have to learn to, yeah. Wow. And and this is we're talking a hundred and some odd years ago. You know, like these practices were considered like either you do this or you you get executed. Wow. Wow, that's rigid. <clears throat> But 
I guess, I mean, it kind of goes back in some regards but to... But we see the results. Right, right. You know, if you practice enough at something, and as you say, practice enough doing it perfect, practice something enough doing it perfectly, then you will get those results. Japanese, I believe, have a higher percentage of right-handed people than most other first world countries. Mm. That being said, why do they have that percentage? Well, we, we, we see the results from, you know, their efforts. Yeah, man. Um, the Japanese are, they're an honorable people. You know, they, they believe in their, um, sort of ancestry lineage and what they stand for as far as um their own like um skill sets and being part of something that brings like in a way I kind of I I don't want to I'm not an expert by any means but I I appreciate very much the cultural values that they have within they call it the Ikigai. And in Western terms, we've sort of feathered it up into this weird, like, sort of Venn diagram type of concentration, which is a type of Ikigai for sure. You can distill the, its origins into whatever California did to it. Um, <laughs> so you're rolling your eyes like... Oh, like, oh well, that's a, that's a fucking come loaded Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But the, the idea is that at the center, you have Ikigai, right? And it's this, like, this concept. Ikigai is just this vague concept. But in order to understand that concept, it's starting to catch on that in these Venn diagrams, the way that you know the Western view of it sort of looks at it is do what you're good at, do what the world needs, do what makes you give what brings you joy and do whatever you know what you uh what what you can make money from these are all principles so, that we would not be needed to be led to if it weren't for like the pre-classifications <laughs> of our own uh societies right right exactly yeah which is why i like to refer to that version of ikigai as westernized because the more and more it kind of like flips from one to the other like regardless of its placement i'm not going to get the exact placements right and i don't have a visual example to share with you or our listeners for example i've tried i've tried posting things like a diagram for uh in the comments but it, it never works but if you can picture this Picture all four of those areas, right? The economical, the joie de vie, the uh, skill set factors, and the what the world needs, right? The attractor principles. And kind of see how these overlap with each other. And at the center, you have Ikigai. You have this idea that it's a fulfilled life. It's, it's a life that you feel good about getting up in the morning. So... That's really the one thing. That's that's the loose translation. Can you people imagine how good it would feel to 
to wake up in the morning. <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to be a more of a morning person and appreciate the little things, even though they're kind of <laughs> fucking like there's something to dread and all those things. But if you can, but that one gateway is finding if you can find the joy in it, if you can even just by, you know, pointing it out and then sort of squawking at it and finding the the hidden like bullshit around it yes like even then but where we live in united states standards it's terrifying that the highest aspect of what you can hope for is waking up tomorrow morning and being like, oh shit, I'm still politically virile. What What was that? Sorry. Uh, virile? Hmm. What, what is that? Virile? Yeah. Like, meaning uh, pertinent, meaning, uh, meaning virile, meaning uh, I still have I still have, you know, an aspect of voice. I still have virulence. You know, I I'm virile, meaning my dick can get hard at the very least. That's <laughs> that's some sense of pride. Well, I've never heard this concept before, so virile, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> virile and virulence. Uh huh. Yeah, no, like, to be virile means that you're potent. You're you're not impotent. You're, you're potent. Mm. And that ties hand in hand with the relevance piece. You're like, I'm virile. I'm relevant. Right. Like, the reason why your voice matters is because you can still create a progeny somewhere that's that's what huh. virulent means interesting and that that's a beautiful way to tie it to ikigai in my opinion because once you discover what that is that is kind of a that's a force that's a conscious force or it can be you know i always thought of this idea that consciousness i can run it down <laughs> You're like, right? virulent yeah as consciousness as a field you're attuned to so this idea that the not only you have the attractor element, attractor meaning like what does the world need, right? What is it calling forth and what is my relationship in it? Um, of course, I wrote down artificial intelligent pieces, but before we get into that, I'm just going to pause for a minute and let's hear from our, let's hear from our sponsors and, or lack thereof. Up until now, you've heard me talk quite a bit about my book, Cognitive Liberty, available for sale at select retailers, including Amazon and iTunes. It's a book about our collective cognitive distortion, how we've essentially self-sabotaged our growth through perpetual states of stress and anxiety. My book is a philosophical narrative about autism and the evolution of consciousness in an ecological context. Reflecting on our imperative need to free our minds from a neurocentric view of intelligence, 
and embrace the emotional dimensions that guide our lives. It's about questioning our traditional sense of intelligence as it explores the symptoms of modern culture as a parallel version of autism where life and experience are trapped exclusively inside the head. You can learn more by purchasing a book in the description below or by subscribing to my podcast, Cognitive Liberty, where I break down why I wrote the book and how it relates to the time of extremes we're going through today. Thank you for your support. All right. Um, so the, uh, so I spent a lot of time in um, that southern part of Ohio and found myself over the years going back to, I went back to Michigan. And then after that, I went to Vermont. The next move I predict is going to be somewhere like Icelandic, like even for like just this slow migration more to go more north. So like, I like a reconnection to my ancestral roots in a way. So it's funny, like, uh, you, you seeking out your ancestral roots, like you're definitely, you've got more Icelandic, you've got more, uh, Nordic, however you want to put it than I do, obviously, but, uh, it's like, I feel comfortable in my place here i'm like well yeah i've got some celtish i've got some icelandic and i've definitely got some native like do you what about norwegian well that's for you right? that's i i Is would that the same? I, I would quantify that as the uh the not the celtic and not the native but the you know yeah like yeah sorry to interrupt you just you always struck me as more of like a norwegian soul to me compared to some of the others that we might have listed off whether it being irish or french canadian or because we're all kind of part of that you know this huge smorgasbord yeah uh yeah this total fucking melt i mean it literally is a melting pot but no uh, uh, i i would say i'm probably mostly uh you know some sort of celtic and some sort of native and then there's some sort of norwegian in between probably well didn't the viking um clans that migrated westward yes breed interbreed with natives and specifically more like long long before columbus ever set sail onto our shores our our quote-unquote shores yes like, that's what i thought yes like uh it's not in our history books necessarily like it's not what they want us to know yeah well for whatever la- reason la- i don't know why but last thing they want you to know is that you come from two ungovernable species of human mm. and you know like all of your all of your ancestry is just yeah nobody was looking to the state house to think hey what do we do next right no they just no 
Well, the Viking is super interesting, and I wish Tom was here to speak to this because he actually has some insight to some of that. And he actually lent me some like Northlanders comic books, which is fucking dope, dude. Some of that is like some really accurate accounts, even though it's a graphic novel of, of a story. But some of those were actually influenced by real events that occurred. And it's even more accurate than some of our history books. Yeah. Um, and so, but the, but the rule of law, uh, is, is, is important and is, is an interesting, uh, point about the, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. I feel like I'm getting a cold or something. Um, the Viking people were, you know, they, they, their judicial system was something that we actually adopted into our, you know, uh, Americanized, you know, law. Yes, I know. System. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. At yeah. least there were elements of what happened. Yes. In Viking circles. And how they resolved conflicts. I wish we still did blood eagles, because we would have a lot less crime. Exactly. If we still did fucking blood eagles. And I don't. I'm not just agreeing with you to agree with you, but this is my stance on why fighting in hockey is important. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Like, if if you're one of those fuck around and find outs, but you've never actually found out then yes like there is a whole society out there for you to come and find out and you've not tested yourself we gotta wake those lions man yeah yeah forget the sheep the sheep can sleep fuck all the they want. sleeping sheep it's all about those sleeping lions goddamn right yeah so that's. I hope that this podcast is more of a the opposite of a lullaby to our lion community. I'd I'd rather lose than try than not try and never find out. Isn't know? that like a quote that Ben Franklin and some of the merits behind like the Freemasonic um, traditions is part of too? You know, like uh, I think that was me, but. I mean, oh, you uh, said that uh, at the end of the day. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, I just heard you, but yeah, like the whole fuck around and find out thing. Mm. Like, I understand if if you understand that certain outcomes are not really desirable. But aside from that, yeah, like, fuck around and find out. Like, put fuck your head around and find out. Put your head against the wall and see what there is. Yeah, I agree. I and precisely because if you don't have the the wall that's going to stop the nonsense. And the the bickering, the utter uh, fucking just unproductivity and inefficient uh, stance that we have on whatever it is that we're going for, like why we would waste our time 
fucking trying to beat down a brick wall that's just not going to move. Um, yeah, fuck around and find out for sure. Um, one time, so in a hockey game, somebody checked me like total cheap shot because I don't really, I mean, it's full, it's technically you're going to, when you skate fast, you're going to run into each other every so often. So it is technically like, it's not like certain unavoidable circumstances. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we're not contact, but people will fucking hit you if you fucking dick around or if you get on somebody's bad side, like they'll fucking, yeah, fuck around and find out. But one time when I got hit, it was that it was not a coincidence that the biggest guy who was on my team that no one ever wanted to fuck with, that he was yeah, able to bring sure. bring some peace to the situation. It's kind of like it's such a backwards way of thinking. It's like you know, oh, can you really just allow people to own guns? And I once heard from a friend of mine, you know, going back to like the idea of like you know that they're trying to disarm our our people. You're trying to drag me into our this nation's people. Version. No, I I, I know that this is a this is close to home for you, but I'm saying this because. I don't know a lot about gun control politics necessarily, but I, I know about this and this, what this is, is, and a friend, a different friend, not you, this back in the old Goddard days as a junior, someone once said that if everybody was armed, you would have less crime and specifically violent crime involving things like larceny and assault. And things along the lines of like anything violent, like be sexual There's or whatever. Straight up documented statistics to prove this. So is correct. Yeah. My point is, but, yeah, fuck around and find out because you know that your neighbor is armed. If you're if if your neighbor knows that you're armed, you're less likely to fuck around. And that being said, even if you're armed, so if you know that you where you stand and where that line is and you're as long as you know that oh my neighbor knows this too then we can all coexist together cuz we have a, a a mutual understanding not to fuck around well not only that but like if anybody fucks around with any of those people like you you don't have just one person that you're dealing with you have a coalition of neighbors Yes. Yeah. Like, At the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Fuck around and find out, not just from you, but your friends, right? A buddy who stood up for me on the ice, and I'm too much of a pussy to retaliate, plus I'm not that hot-headed necessarily, even though I have that Irish edge. I usually take that out on lesser than strangers, we'll put it that way. You know, like my family usually because, gets the worst because, of it. Because you're, uh, right, you're considerate and sometimes, and at the other times you're like, ah, shit, well, these people love me more than almost anybody else. I'll let them have it. Yeah, which is kind of sick, right? Like, I feel like a sick person when I take advantage of that. No, no. That's, Maybe not take that, advantage, that's but. That's definitely just Irish. <laughs> well, there you go. That <laughs> I love it. Maybe we should call this episode "Fuck Around and Find Out," or or dot 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 just Irish. Nah, <laughs> I'm just Irish. Don't blame me. Blame it on. Phone uh, on. Well, I are mean, they, were they listening? Most most people that that claim blankety blank 
dot, 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 just Irish. They're the ones that are, you know, getting into full-fledged assault fights with other people. You know, like, Mm. you're not doing that. You're not doing that. So, like, at the end of the day, like, Chrissy, you're a lovely person. And you don't have, from what I know, you don't have much of a mean bone in you. And if you do, you, whoever's on the receiving end of it really has to fucking work for it. Hmm. All right. And that's the thing. Like, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, warms my heart. And not just because I'm a narcissist secretly. I'm a closet narcissist. <laughs> uh, but, no, uh, you're not. I, I know, uh, no, I know narcissists. You're not one. <laughs> you're, I, uh, you're fucking not one. I, uh, I appreciate all of what you just said. And at the Jesus same time, I, Christ. I feel like, but I feel like part of that is also, um, the goal in regards to this, this, it's a matter of like taming the beast because we all kind of possess this darker side. And if you're able to check in enough to ask yourself, what is the best attitude for the situation? What is the most effective uh, solution, action, or attitude to this problem? How many people are able to actually ask themselves it's hard. that level of that question? It's hard, but it's, you know, a, you know what? Because that's, that's not just a one-dimensional question. Right. I'm looking at it from a lot of different things. Again, back to the Ica guy, this mirrored image of feedback loops of like, does the world really need this? Does my wife really need this? Does my mom really need to hear what I have to say? Does my brother really, you know, can he appreciate whatever I'm doing or saying in an event, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like I can go down those paths and like have it, you know, be this whole inner internal pinball machine. Uh, but <clears throat> it's more like, um, internal pinball. That's a good way. To well, that's definitely what it feels like. I mean, we've talked about, countless times how we're made of energy fields or an energy we're within an energy field that is part of us at the same time and that's all part of the idea that whatever we put out is going to come back in some capacity and the more that we have kind of those inner conflicts that are either not getting addressed or resolved at the very least like you got to be able to resolve these things but then being able to kind of let the tame the monster enough to still give it like it's feeding times because you still want part of that intact because you never know when you're going to need to. I, I like my, I like my internal monster. Right. Honestly. Right. So you know, taming I, it. It's, it's something that I, I don't let out on a regular basis and something that most people that I know intimately don't know at all but yeah that's like, impressive i mean if if it came to that if it came to my having to unleash that to protect me or my loved ones i mean i'm i would tear through people in front of 
the ones that I love, and I would scare the shit out of them. I understand that. You know? But I'd still do it, because I'd be doing it for them. At the end of the day, hopefully that never happens. Right. Hopefully it never needs to be done. Right. I agree. I can couldn't agree more. And that's the thing. That's the difference between you and me. And that's what I'll tip my hat towards you between you and me. I show my hand too soon is the problem. You know, I, I, this energy that I'm talking about, right? This ability to check in with yourself and ask yourself and yourself only, because you're the only person who can answer this question, this rhetorical question of, by the time you even finish asking the question, you already know, your heart already knows the answer. It's just a matter of taking that moment of what attitude is most effective for this situation and see what comes up. And I'd be, I'm always surprised by the answer every time because it's almost like you're on a boat and that boat, it can, it's, it's floating, it's moving in the wind. It's also, it can get tied up in, all kinds of currents and fucking um, different waves and uh, wind gusts and, and so on. And, and you get these uh, unpredictable uh, variances in the environment that's feeding back. And it's like that moment of like, no, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Like just stay the course and like stay, keep this boat level enough like it's bobbling everywhere well yeah i mean there's always that you know you've got to maintain equilibrium exactly you know, it it there doesn't go it doesn't matter what you're doing you have to maintain equilibrium you know or homeostasis or whatever you however you want to put it but at the end of the day if a level of that is being overrun by people not welcome in my house mm. and threatening the people that I love. When push comes to shove. I will put six rounds in everybody's fucking face in that fucking house except for the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I'm held accountable for that, then so be it. I'll deal with that then. But until then, I'm I'm not afraid of any living person except for my wife. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. The the wrath of God can come down pretty quick. I feel I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I will bring the wrath of God down and then I'll let my wife judge it. Uh yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like I can always count on her to call me out on my bullshit. But there you have it, folks. Um, <laughs> don't forget to leave us a review, comment, subscribe, all that good fun. Oh, Jesus. Feel free to share with your Sorry. friends. Um, we, we meant to leave you on a higher note than that. My bad. Well, it's, it's a good reminder because this boat is this vehicle of our existence, right? Our, our existentialism is something that we have to actively participate in 
And if that means firing up the, the flares and fucking going for it, that's what it means, right? It all depends on what the situation calls for and how you're willing to apply what you've learned to be the best you in that moment based on a split. It could be a split second decision in some cases, you know? This is why I've always wanted to learn martial martial arts being a hockey player because it's lightning fast. You have to make such fast decisions. You being a hockey player, knowing martial arts, you'd just be like kicking people in the fucking throats with your skates on and and it'd be bad. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, did you hear about that incident between? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. How fucked up is that? I I didn't actually see the video, but. uh, It's a martial art like move. Everybody I know has seen the video and like yeah like this guy got straight up assaulted with a fucking hockey skate yeah and in part the of neck me, with a karate kick yeah. dude yeah well it was kind of like behind him so like i bet the lawyers, well, yeah. lawyers were probably having a field day with this I mean, because you I could know, argue either way yeah everybody that knows how to throw a karate kick knows how to kick somebody from behind them that's just part of the art you know like why would I kick you face to face if I could get behind you and kick you in the back of the head? That's martial arts. Right. Well, I mean, in terms of knowing where to be and when. That's just martial arts. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well. I mean, if if I want to win, I'm not going to be in front of you if I can avoid it. I'm going to be to your side or behind you. That's a good point. And my first 101 lesson of part of the mental game. That's, I mean, I could be a weaker opponent if I want to win against you. I'm not going to fucking face off against you. I'm going to try and get behind you. I'm going to try and uh, kick you in the back of the head. Real life (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, folks. Thank you again for for hitting that uh, button, hitting whatever button you want. I don't care. Hit whatever button. Just keep hitting buttons. We live in the fucking ether. I don't, yeah, I don't care if you hate us or not. Hate us. Go ahead. Tell your friends. Tell your friends that you hate us. Like, make a name out of us. Make us an, make us an effigy. Yes, yes. That's what we want. Just Burn us into the ether. Sorry. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. <laughs> Almost, but uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's end with burn us. End with Sorry. a boom, a boom of uh, no, whizzing the juice. No, no, whizzing the juice. Y'all better wheeze the juice this coming year. Otherwise, y'all fucking up. All right. Well, thanks again, brother. We're a little bit over our time, but this has been great. It's fucking awesome. I love you. I love you too, man. Till next time, right? Yeah. You good for our next sesh? Yeah. Coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Until next time, hopefully, we have uh, some, some. Juicy, soft morsels for the people out there to pick up on and and consume, and hopefully make their own and move and grow. 
Good luck, people. Now, here's to waking the lions. <laughs>